Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Bitches Love Brunch. This is episode number 30. We 30. Woo-woo. I ain't been 30 Woo-woo. before. We 30. <laughs> um, this is your co-host, Kiana. And this is your co-host, Courtney. We're so glad to be back with y'all this week. So, so glad. Um, I feel like both of us sound really chill today. We do. Maybe because we were just so pumped before the show. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I was thinking. Like, we got it all out. Yeah, we got it all out before the show. But we can we can bring some spice back into this. It never it never gets dull with us too, I'm sure. It'll get hype again. And I think part of it was because with me leading into the episode, I just had to make sure I knew (laughs) (laughs) some things before I said some things. We switched it up this week, y'all. We did. We like to switch it up on y'all. Um, so here's just a little recap from episode episode 29 um Courtney and I discussed when we actually needed to have that sex talk you know I got a text message from some friends about that a few friends um one her and I we went to high school together and she told me that her and her mom never really had the sex talk which was so crazy to me because her mom was just always so liberated Mm. Um, at least to, to me or compared to my parents and then um, there was a guy I spoke with and we were talking about it and he was also saying that his parents never really had the sex talk his father was a pastor so he kind of strayed away from that and then his mother had like a slight sex talk and then his daddy was scared he got something so then he was talking to him about sex and then he was like that was really just <laughs> it <laughs> so we weren't the only ones Courtney Okay. Yeah. That's so. that's good to know. Well, I um if you followed us on social or if you follow us on social media or if you follow me on social media, I posed the question on Instagram. Um Damn, I missed that. You did, you did. Um okay. but shout out to <laughs> <laughs> shout out to everybody that responded. And so I'm trying to find it now, but we got a few responses. Um, really caught a trend. Most people were like, you know, when they hit puberty, some gave specific ages, like 10 or 12. But one of my homeboys, which I'm kind of surprised that we didn't think about this. Um, one of my homeboys, he texted me and he was like, after, cause after I shared his story or his comment on my social media, he hit me. He was like, yeah, did y'all, um, record this episode already? I was like, yeah, he was like, darn. I was like, why? You know, what's going on? He was like, I really wanted um, you all to discuss how most quote-unquote sex talks are exclusively geared toward heterosexual norms. Oh, wow. Um, so if you can imagine, he um, he is a gay man. And so I was like, ooh, that's a really We can good do a part point. two. Right. And like I said, I was just surprised that us being who we are and the allies that we are, um, we didn't think of that, but that also made me check my privilege because we don't have to. Um, That's but true. I, I thought he brought up a really good point in that, in that not only like it's geared towards hetero- heterosexual, but it's also like um, it's a different conversation. Yeah, it's it a is. completely different conversation when you think about it in that aspect. Because I think he was one of the ones that responded and said. Um, he probably should have had the sex talk at 10. And I was like, not that I think any age is too young, but 
it made me really think about that in context to his sexuality. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so with that in mind, that's an even different, even more different type of conversation because it's like not only are you 10 and having the sex talk, but you're 10 and having the sex talk um, as a gay boy, as a gay man. So I thought that was really good and I wanted to share. I told him I would share that in the recap, so... Oh, tell him I said thank you for that. I really do think that, you know, those stories are just as valid as our experiences because those are experiences, you know, no experience should be shunned away from unless it's from Donald Trump. But, um, (laughs) (laughs) but, um, I think it would be awesome, you know, to learn more about his experience and have people listen to that because, a lot of people who aren't allies, but let's just say who do have friends um, in the LGBTQ community, I think that it's helpful to learn about what they've been through and Absolutely. the process that they had to go through and how different that is from yours and how to take just... It teaches you just to be more empathetic when talking about your own journey. Mm-hmm. Like, everybody just doesn't look like that. It, it also like us, mitigates ahead, ignorance. So. Yes. And like I said, it really just checks your privilege. Yeah, it like, does. And I think sometimes, and I won't go on a tangent, but I thought about this, I think about this often, but as minorities or as a person of color, we tend to forget that we too have privileges. So like, you know, we're not always on the short end of the stick of short, you, what is it? The short end of the stick. The stick, yes. It's okay, things. girl. Ooh. Um, so yeah, I thought that was a really good point from that privilege standpoint too. Thank you all who commented. Yeah. And for texting us and engaging with us. We appreciate it. Always, always. So right. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. What's next? Uh, the quote? Oh, okay. Yeah, the good news. Yeah, yeah. we're going yeah, to pass the mimosa. No, yeah, there we, we go. We got to take it mm-hmm. back. We're going to pass the mimosa. Um, what you drinking? Girl, it's nothing. <laughs> I was trying to make up something. I was going to try to lie on the spot. I couldn't do it. <laughs> I wanted to so badly. Don't ever ask Kiana or really myself to lie for you. We ain't good at it. Lying, honestly, is a skill. And that is why I get so infuriated when people lie to me. Because one, you probably know you're not that skilled at it. And then two, if you're going to lie, you got to be good at it. Like, at least make me feel like it's real. And at least put enough (laughs) effort into it so that I don't find out that it's a bad lie. Otherwise, you've insulted my intelligence and you've wasted my time. Right. But on the flip side... You went through effort, if because it is a skill, like you went through effort to like fool me. Like you thought about this. This is mm. premeditated. Mm. F you for that. F you for that. Yeah. What you drinking? I am drinking um, my detox water that I told you about. Yes. Get slim, um, honey. Yes. I'm, I've still been on a good track with, uh, I can't remember if I shared it on the show or not, but on a good track with. Drinking half my body weight in ounces on a daily basis. Um, So that meme that y'all have been seeing or that quote that's been going around, like, if you drink a gallon of water, you ain't got time to be in other people's business. 
accurate, okay? <laughs> I don't have time for none of it because I'll be drinking all this water and running right. to the bathroom. Um, yeah, so water for me. And I will share the good news this week. This is really throwing us both off. <laughs> <laughs> Just when we thought we were like, you know, we can switch it up. We can. We don't know if it's going to be done well, but we right, can. Right, right. Lesson learned. <laughs> okay, so the quote of the week is, do yourself a favor and learn how to walk away. Ooh. That is a snippet from a full quote by Raina Biddy. Why well, I feel like that was personal, though. Because it's like, you know, like when you go to church for the first time in a long time, and you feel like the pastor talking right to you. I haven't had that experience in a long time, but I do know what you're talking about. (laughs) Me either. But but I think it was one of those moments. So it's like you can tell when something is speaking directly to your life. And it could be anything. Like there may be something in your life that you need to walk away from. (sighs) You're right. So let's just go ahead and dive into it. Because I feel like my business is about to get shared. Oh, well, I hope not. Ooh, don't do that. <laughs> I'm ready. <laughs> don't do that. Okay. Um, so that leads us into our first topic of today. Um, and our first topic of today is how to leave we are in too deep. And y'all, this can be a mini thing. <laughs> it can be it can be a job, it can be relationships, it can be friendships, it can be leaving a bad life pattern or habit that you've developed, just learning how I like to call it these days shuffling the deck. Okay. Um, just to make sure that, you know, you are really setting yourself up for the success that you want to see in any of those endeavors that I just mentioned. So Courtney, when's the last time or the most significant time, Uh-oh. the most significant time you had to leave something that you were in too deep? Who the most significant time? She's Louise. I thought we was putting your business out there today, not mine. Girl, you know this go back and forth. This is tennis. Who you want to be? I'm right. Serena. I'm Serena. Um, well, if you Serena, I gotta be Venus. Like, I don't even count her a second. It's the you Williams don't want to be that new that new girl. What's her name? Oh yeah, I'll the take her. Asian Haitian, Haitian Asian oh. Asian. I think her last name is Osaka. Please I like her. She's me. she's so bashful. That's why we ain't remember I her know. name. <laughs> she's so cute. She's. Yeah, but I'm I'm gonna go ahead and go with Venus and Serena. I still count them as um the top two okay tennis players. Um, Tag, your question to me was, what was the most significant time that I knew I was in too deep? Am I saying that right? Yeah, Sorry, y'all. or a situation okay. that you had to leave that was that meant that you were in too deep. I can think of two. Ooh. Um, <laughs> you are so silly. One was job related. Um, and actually you were there for this experience. So was, was it the job former... I wanted to fight? Yes. Okay, yes. sorry, go ahead. <laughs> With my not my current employer. Um maybe. Um, okay, petty. That was petty. 
<laughs> with my former employer, I was there with with them for five years. And when I started working with them um, full-time permanently, I started in a, like an admin contract management position. Um, but when I started, I saw myself like being there there forever like but I also had a different type of example long story short like you know our parents were in a generation where you they worked for one place for their entire lives and so like when I thought I found that fit I felt like I could you know really see myself being there long term well throughout my five years there I had a lot of opportunity for advancement and growth and so when I got to my last position there which was in human resources um it was really good from an experience standpoint, but when you're in human resources, and sometimes it doesn't even have to be that, but particular roles or fields, like you have access um, to people, like executive level people and information that you wouldn't otherwise have access to as a regular employee. So things really started to get messy, like either from an ethical standpoint, moral standpoint, um, from the way that I was being treated, like behind my back and just things that were unacceptable. And I realized that I didn't have to tolerate, but I loved this organization so much. Like the mission was really good. The people that I worked with were really amazing. Even the clients that I served, even though sometimes they were rolling up in brand new Lexuses and I was, um, you know, still a little broke in those days. Like, None of that mattered to me because I recognized the good that we were doing in the community, like the teens that I got to work with and that still came back to visit me and talk about the impact that I had on their lives. So it was like really hard for me to let go of that, even though on the flip side, I was being treated poorly in some areas and my value wasn't being seen. Yeah. And I also was not being paid what I was worth. Um, And so I really had to have, you know, I've really kind of assessed the situation and, and determined what was worth it for me. Um, and was it scary because, well, I almost said the name, but that organization was almost like my comfort my comfort blanket. Yeah, you did love um, that place. And I still do. Like, I still go back there and volunteer. That's who my mentee is through. Um, I still go back and see coworkers. Um, I've gone back to speak with some of their different programs. So, But I just knew it wasn't an environment for me to be in yeah. And give my time to 50 to 60 hours a week. Um, and so I had to I had to realize when it was time to walk away. And there were a couple times where I found other opportunities. So I've been offered different positions, but it, it wasn't quite enough. And I didn't want to just leave for anything. Yeah. Um, better positions, better title, better pay. But I wasn't leaving until I found the right fit. Um, and so and that's when I transitioned into my new employer, but it was tough. Like I remember, and you know this, I'm really not a big crier, but I remember um, I had gotten the offer already of my new position, but I hadn't told my supervisor yet or told anybody else that I was leaving yet. And something like pretty dope happened at work, like some staff member showing appreciation for like their boss or something that, like that on like a random ass day. Yes, I cursed. Um, and I just remember going back into my office and, and shedding a couple of tears like I'm about to leave this 
like a place that feels so safe and it feels at home and also coming from somebody where like I don't need to make friends at work (laughs) that's not my thing and not that all of these people were my friends but it was like I said it was my comfort blanket I was like I can't believe I'm really about to leave this and I shed a couple tears but I also shed a couple tears and signed that offer letter and I bounced (laughs) and had to listen I always tell people like you can be scared you have a right to be scared but you still got to do it you still have to do it. You still have to do it. So that was probably a big one for me when I realized I was just in too deep. When, and I actually explained it to somebody, a colleague of mine at one point. It was like, and this is not to belittle domestic violence or anything like that. But like when you're sitting in a relationship and you're continuously taking certain types of abuse from a significant oh. other and you continue to go back. Courtney, and that's stop. what I felt. That's what I felt like I was doing. I was like, I'm letting them do this to me. I'm letting them do this to me, and I keep going back. At some point, I had to cut it off for myself because they weren't they weren't going to correct it, and they weren't going to change. And that's something that I had to let go of too. Like they weren't ready to acknowledge some things. They weren't ready to change some things. So I had to change some things for myself and remove myself from the situation. So. Did you just put my business out there? I feel like you did. <laughs> I didn't mean to. <laughs> I didn't mean to. Oh, that's okay. We'll talk about that on break. Um. <laughs> I was gonna say, well, let's let's flip the question to you. Yeah. So I think I'll give a little bit of a different perspective. And mine was like it wasn't with a job, but it was with a lot of relationships that I was having that's like friendships and even some relationships I had with family members um and I guess I'll just start from the beginning um well actually I'll start from the end that makes more sense but I had gotten to a point in my relationships where I felt like I am showing up for people and I don't have nobody showing up for me Uh (laughs) and I was Uh really feeling depleted and I was really feeling like um, my my kindness, in a way, had been taken for weakness. I also just felt, I didn't feel value in those relationships. And so what I had to do is that I had to stop pointing the finger at other people for not feeling something in me that I needed them to feel. Mm-hmm. And so I had to really start changing the way I thought. And I think that that's when I knew I was in too deep, when I knew I had almost an emotional dependency on the people who were in my life. Mm. And so it's one thing to be um, to have emotional support, but to be emotionally dependent on other people asking them to feel things for you that um, they necessarily can't, I think that 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 requires some thought. (laughs) You know, I had to really sit on that for a while. I had to chew on that. And so I had to get to a point within myself that I was like, you're missing something and you think that these people can supply it for you. And so you have to figure out how to, one, fill yourself up and find something else that doesn't rely on humans. Um, Mm Mm-hmm. Secondly, if you feel this way about these people, it could be that they don't value you. It could be that they are mistreating you. And so in that way, 
I knew that I had to shuffle the deck. Um, I've been listening to this guy from my church. He's like a motivational speaker. And one of the things he said was like, you know, if I know a lot of people pride themselves on keeping the same relationships for years. And I do pride myself on my longstanding relationships. But I also am starting to find pride and finding new relationships because it challenges the way that I think and the things that I've experienced. And mm-hmm. if I want to grow, then you need to shuffle the deck sometimes to get a better hand. Um, and so with that, I had to break the pattern of blaming others and start being more introspective. Two, I had to start being responsible for the people that I allowed in my life because yeah. You give people permission to be in your life. You know what I'm saying? Like, they don't have to be there if you don't want them to be. And so I had to really start to align myself with my values and what I was looking for and characteristics in the people that I was keeping around me. And so that was a really, really hard pattern to break for me. And it took me quite some time because it was a lot of guilt associated with that. I don't know if you felt guilt about leaving, um... Your old, <laughs> your own mm-hmm. employer, but I felt guilty about it. I was just like, you know, these people may feel like I abandoned them, and I was just like, well, if they if they got abandonment issues, they will feel abandoned. It ain't your fault, <laughs> you know. And so, right, it literally was me taking the onus off of them, putting more onus on myself, and really picking the relationships that I wanted in my life and how I wanted them to be fruitful in the way that I wanted them to be and not be so dependent on them too. Yeah. I think you brought up a really good point about the guilt because I did feel some of that um, for a brief moment. Um, But I also had really awesome people around me to push me like past that on top of like the self-reflecting that I was doing as well. But yeah, I felt that for a brief moment too because it was like as much as I want to leave and that I know that I need to get out of here. There are several other people that, you know, I wish they weren't in that same predicament. You know what yeah. I mean? And I don't want to leave them here in this same situation because there were a couple of people that were facing some of the same issues that I was. Um, and so that was tough too, but God kind of also spoke to me in that way, which is like, if you can't help yourself, you can't help anybody else. Amen. And it really came to life when I did get my new position. I think I was there for maybe six months and I was able to recommend one of the young ladies that was at my former position, I mean, at my former job, um, to a position with my new employer and she got it. And yes. she was she was in a toxic situation too, um, because we were kind of experiencing from experiencing it from the same person um and so it's just like in the right time things will happen but if I had not left first I would not have been able to be that plug for her you know what I mean and that's not necessarily a pat on the back or you know saying that's all me I'm I'm counting that all to God you know what I'm saying because he put me in the right position to be able to do that um and even before that, you know, the guilt left, but it was just like something that I had to realize pretty quickly. Like you can't feel guilty for that, for, for protecting your space and your peace. Yeah, you're right. Um, yeah. So did you, was there something else from your story about, um, when to leave that you were going to share? I didn't have anything else about my specific story. I know you said that you had another story. And maybe you don't have to share the whole story, but you can answer the question and pull from that story, if you like. Um, You are funny. (laughs) 
Only if you like. Only if you like. Um, um, I forgot. You're right. I did. I did say that because the other one was more um, relationship, romantic relationship. I did air quotes for that romantic. Mm-hmm. Um, but also relationship in general. So yeah, that was the specifically the romantic relationship was my other example. Um, but from a standpoint of just like recognizing certain things, and I know that you and I have talked about this off air quite a few times where, you know, I learned early on, and this is probably the benefits of having older siblings, but like not everybody is going to be the same type of friend to you as the next person. And so I had to recognize that. And that doesn't mean that they necessarily loved me or valued me any less, but they could only give me (laughs) what they're capable of giving. And I struggled with that a little bit because it was like, it doesn't feel like you value me in the same way that I value you. Or we're not on, I don't, you don't put me on the same type of pedestal that I put you on. And it's just like, I had to recognize that that was more so about them than it was me. And I don't love them any less for it, but I also was able to recognize what I needed and what I needed to get out of friendships. And so there are friends that are my turn-up friends. That are fr- there are friends that like I go to for work advice. There are some friends that are just all-around friends, but some of my best friends pour into me and they check in on me and because I I felt like I was kind of how you were saying like I was doing that a lot for everybody else and I didn't feel like somebody else was doing that in return for me not always and not consistently but I also was not necessarily communicating that that's what I needed either and so that's a big part of it too is like when you are walking away are you communicating like are you saying like this is what I needed because I used to be a runner I will walk away from anything but I wouldn't necessarily communicate as to why I was walking away and try to find an opportunity to resolve it before I left but that's a whole nother story for another day but I have had friends that have shown me like what I needed when I didn't know that that's what I needed if that makes sense and so once I started to receive that that allowed me to be a better friend but that also allowed me to understand um how I needed to maneuver in friendships um and whether to leave or whether to stay. Well, that was actually my next question was what type of communication happened when you decided to leave? Um, I think for me, in many cases, I wouldn't call myself a runner, but I know that I do have some flight issues. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, somebody brought that up to me once when we were breaking up. They was like, yo, flight it's crazy. Like you would mm-hmm. just bounce. But mm-hmm. I think at this point it's not even so much about my flight. I think it's my flight is determined on what's worthwhile to me. Mm-hmm. If if something is blatant and I know that I don't really there's some things that you can have a conversation about and there are other things that you shouldn't have to have a conversation about. I'm a hundred percent on that. Mm-hmm. Um and some things really, when you weigh the odds, some things aren't really worth the fight. And I think right now it, it's kind of like picking my battles instead of running away. But I pick my battles mm-hmm. because although I can communicate effectively with some people, you communicating effectively doesn't really mean much when you're communicating with somebody else who doesn't communicate effectively. That doesn't matter. Exactly. You need you need two people to do that. And so I think. 
where I am now is still working on my flight, but also checking where I put my energy because I'm not giving my energy just to any and everything when I know it mm-hmm. won't when it won't produce anything. Mhm. Mhm. Um communication for me looked like I think there for me there is there are things that I have to do on the front end before even communicating to the other person or other parties. Um so it's about determining what it is that I want first. So I have to be very self-aware because I don't like to talk just to talk. I don't like to throw something else. I don't like to throw something out there just to, just to get it off my chest. Like sometimes I do think that's important. Like you have to be able to release it, but I also think about like, what point is this serving? Like, is there something that I want to get out of this? Is there a reaction um is there a result a solution that i want to get out of this like why am i saying this to this person or whatever you know what i mean um and so i try to think about that before i communicate things because that helps me to better determine like my expectations or when someone does respond then what i want to do with their response so like me leaving um my job I communicated things prior to that, like I'm unhappy with this or I don't appreciate this, like, and understanding that, you know, some things come with the territory, other things don't. So there was a lot of communication taking place prior to me saying, hey, I'm putting in my two weeks notice. Right. Um, But then even after that, when I went to give my two weeks notice, I knew that at that point that there was nothing that they could do. Because in some situations, when you're with an employer, you give them your two weeks notice. They're like, okay, what can we do? What can we make happen? How can we keep you? I knew at that point, there was nothing that they could do. There was no money that they could offer that I was willing to sit through, continue to sit through that, through that mess. And I had to leave. So my expectations and my self-awareness was already set. Um, But I think just being upfront and honest, like what that communication looks like and and sometimes in how it is with a job where they're like, okay, well, I want to counter. You know, that happens in relationships too. Romantic and non-romantic. Sometimes your friends are going to want to counter or your significant others are going to want to counter. And that's okay. But it has to fit within what you want and what you need to get out of that friendship or that relationship. And if, it, if it's not, you still have to rest and be confident in the fact that you can still walk away from that. <laughs> like... You don't have to take whatever it is that they're giving you because they may be upping their game and saying, okay, I know I've been horrible at this, but then I'll do this and I'll try to make it better. That may not be enough. (laughs) You may still have to say no. And you may still have to keep it pushing. So um, that's how I kind of look at communication because it's not just like, for me, just getting things off your chest. Like I want there to be some sort of resolve for for myself not necessarily for the other person absolutely i think uh i think i just lost my train of thought but i think you're right (laughs) (laughs) whatever you said you're right girl (laughs) i really just lost it that quick okay well that's a good segue into the next topic i believe yes um actually it's a perfect segue um and the next topic is What's your margin for error or disappointment before dismissing somebody, addressing a situation? Like, for instance, you talked about um, your job and how you had these these conversations, you know, before 
<laughs> you left your job. Um, mm-hmm. For me and the relationships that I've had, I think that one of the things that was important to me was to assess my relationship with these people and decide, like, have these conversations happened before? You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? It, um, have have we talked about this? And in many ways we have, or in many ways we've been through situations that were similar, and I still wasn't hurt, and it was just like, well, I don't, I don't think it's gonna work. You know what I'm saying? So, mm-hmm. at what point? What's your threshold for air? You know, honestly, and this isn't to be like basic, but I think it's relative. I really think it's relative, and it depends on the situation. Like you said. A big one is, have we addressed this before? There are some things, though, that ethically or morally, like, will get you cut off. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, Absolutely. There are some things, and, and you and I have, I say this a lot, but we talked about this before off air. Um, in one of my situations, there have been several errors right (laughs) um but that those were things that I was like okay these are errors and these are errors that I know that I this makes me not want to be with you romantically but then another error happened that was more ethical and more moral where I was like I don't want to associate with you as a person period and that one was enough. You know what I mean? Because there's, there's a fine line for me in some situations. You voting for Trump is very close. <laughs> very close. I'm not saying that I would cut somebody off solely for voting for Trump. My point, though, is, is that there are some fine lines where it's just like you're one and done. Like, you don't need three strikes. If I can't trust you as a person, I, I don't want to let you into my space. And, yeah, I don't want to let you into my space. But I might be able to say, okay, you're not a good boyfriend. I can be cordial with you. We can still speak and show respect to each other. But I don't need to be in a relationship with you. But then if we take it to that whole next level about ethics and morals, I don't need to know you. <laughs> we, mm. we, don't need to, we don't need to engage. Right. I don't like who you are. Yeah, as a person, that's a, yeah. such. A, I don't think people understand that. It's kind of like when there's character flaws. When I have to worry about who you are as a person, like, do you lack integrity? Are you a liar? Are, are mm-hmm. you? You know what I'm saying? Like, are, I just I can't deal with certain things of who you are as a person. Mm-hmm. And and that's that's not to say that you are not. Mm, it's difficult to say that. You're just not a good person for me in my life. I, I don't like to say that, you know, people just, I can just put somebody to the side and cast them away for everybody. You're just not a good person in my book. And, and, and we don't need to engage. We don't need to interact. We can, we can keep it moving. Um, but like you said, it really, like, or like I was saying earlier, it really depends from situation to situation and, um, depending on what you're talking about. If this were a job, you might get a little bit more room for error. It depends. If we've had these conversations before, if I feel like I've addressed something with you and I can trust that you at least 
address it and try to make some sort of effort to make some changes or enlighten me on why things are the way that they are, you know, hear your side of the story, you know, have this be an experience for both of us and then we move on and progress. That's different. Um, but things like disrespect, like mm-hmm. you said, lying. No, they're, they're, those, those have little, those have little margin. <laughs> For when to walk away for me. Okay. Uh oh. When I asked you this question, I I was Uh-oh. like, okay. So, what? No, I was I thought you were gonna ask another question. I got nervous. No. Go <laughs> um, girl, I thought something went wrong. I was about to say, oh no, not tonight. <laughs> um, we don't have it. <laughs> we don't have it to do tonight. But um. And I was thinking of ways that I wanted to answer the question. And I don't think is that I don't think I assess my relationships or when it's time to leave based on how much margin I have for error. But I think now I look I did before in the past I have. Mm -hmm. But I think currently I assess my situation as how much grace do I have to give? Because I'm not Jesus. Um, So (laughs) it's kind of, for instance, um. And I'll just pull in, like, another example. I was dating whatever, somebody for a very long time. <laughs> um, and it was it was back and forth for years. And at some point, I had to realize, like, I have no more grace. Yeah. <laughs> like, I have given you time and time and time of, again. And I think... A part of that was not only recognizing the time that was invested, because you can recognize the time that's invested. Anybody can do that. They don't take a rocket scientist to do. But I think where the work comes in is knowing how much you're worth and how much time you want to invest in somebody. Mm-hmm. Because that's different. That's different. Making sure that you know where your barometer is and what you're willing to do and what you're willing not to do. Um, and so for me, when I got into that space, I was just like, you know, I deserve more. I don't have any more grace to give. I wish that I can give you time to keep fixing whatever it is that you've been fixing since the first year and it's year six. Um, but I don't like God gives you that much grace and I don't, I don't, I don't have it to pull from anymore. Mm-hmm. And so I think that that was important to me. And like you said, it's, it's, such, it, it's a case by case basis. And I think it depends on a person's heart too. Yeah. I think that, um, some people are ill-intended. Some people have good intentions. And I was having this debate with one of my friends while I was in Cleveland. And sometimes your intention doesn't matter <laughs> if that person is still offended or that person is yep. still hurt. You know what yep. I'm saying? So you can have good intentions and say something crazy. That don't negate the fact that I feel this way by you saying it. You trying so, to read my life now? Okay. so I think that really trying to understand who that person is in their core and really find out how they tried to impact you with the words that they used towards you or the actions that they did because some people honestly and I and I think especially in the black community a lot of us don't want to address mental health and associate it with our day-to-day experiences with other people that we're involved with but some Mm -hmm. people literally can't even wrap their minds around considering you because they don't have the mental capacity to do so. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Uh And so you really have to look at it like, so how much more, how much grace do I have left in me? Which, you know, this is not a bottomless pit. And two, 
who are you? <laughs> right. Who are you in totality? And is that good for me moving forward? And I, and one of the things I use as an indicator, too, is how fruitful is this? What fruit is coming from this connection? From a job, from a relationship, mm-hmm. from a friendship, from these patterns? If nothing is changing and I'm not growing from it, nine times out of ten, it probably shouldn't be around anyway. Yep. Um, There was something you said. Oh, so I have a hopefully quick question for you because you made me think of something. Um, So, you know, we listened to the read and Crystal was talking about, I think she's doing like Crystal's couch now or something like that, Mm -hmm. but she was talking about how, speaking of grace, like, I think that's a good way to put it because I don't, for some of us, I don't think we necessarily look at it in terms of error, but like, how much longer can I give you that grace or quote unquote put up with this? Um, so my question for you is what is your margin of error for yourself? Oh, so that has been very interesting lately because these past few months that is a personal journey that I've been on. And I think that I've been, in the past, I've been known not to give myself a lot of grace. I'll replay scenarios in my mind. Like, you could have done that better. You could have done this better. Mm-hmm. You could have went about it this way. You could have said this. You know, you could have... The shoulda, coulda, woulda. That, that was my life for a very long time. But I think that my margin for grace with myself is absolutely limitless. Because I'm at a place where I'm trying to love myself unconditionally Mm -hmm. in the way that God sees me. And his love for me is limitless. And his grace for me is limitless. And I will always keep messing up. I think think it's not even so much the grace piece. I will always give myself grace. But what I am doing differently now is holding myself accountable for the things that I did mess up. And how to react and and how I can be different and how I can improve that. So I do give myself grace in being like, you're not perfect. And that's okay. Nobody around you is perfect. Which helps me to extend grace to people because I give so much to myself. Um... It's almost like practice for the people I know who are going to come in and just jack everything up. But um, <laughs> mm-hmm. after that, it's kind of like, okay, you messed up, and that ain't cool that you messed up, but what can we do better so that it won't happen the next time? What can you change? And in this process of giving yourself grace, what was the lesson behind this? Like, it ha- you, I need some type of interpretation after this because it can't just be, oh, that was a mistake. I slept with him, or that was a mistake. I drank too much then. Like, no, no, no. There's reasons behind why this keeps happening. Right, right. So that, if that answers your question in any way, it does. It does, and I think that was very similar to like what I would have said. Like, my grace for myself now has gotten better and I recognize that it is continuous. It may be a process. It may not be right. immediate grace um, because I'm still working through that balance between grace and accountability. Um, or Because I've always been accountable, but I have not always been gracious with myself. Yeah. Um, and I would even say probably within the last six months whenever I heard Crystal mention that on um on the episode of the read that's when I've been more intentional about my grace towards myself but accountability has never really been an issue for me like 
I will own something up. I may not change it immediately, but I will own my part in something and the role that I played in something. Um, but I may still beat myself up for it a little bit. Um, and I'm not necessarily one of those like constantly beating myself myself up. You know, I, like I said, I eventually move on, but it hasn't always been super gracious. But times have changed and, you know, glad that it's progressing. Yeah, I don't think it's like a simultaneous process. Like, I don't think you'd be like, oh, girl, you messed up. Here go your grace. It'd be right. like, oh, I messed up. I feel bad. So, right. so you still you still feel bad. You still don't give yourself grace initially. Right. And then you're like, okay, cool. Well, now I'm feeling, you know, crappy about myself. So now what? And it's kind of like forgive yourself. Then after right. that, it was like, okay, well, next week or two weeks or three weeks, like, so what happened? You know what I'm saying? Like, girl, what you have going on? <laughs> right. And so it's it's not what it sounds like. Because I think in conversation, it's so easy to miss out on a process when you're talking about it. It's a process to everything. Mm-hmm. And so it's just not something that just happens back after back. Like, oh, you jacked up, but you got grace. So do it again. Or, you know, now right. you're forgiven and now you know what to do next. No, it don't happen that way. It takes right. It takes work in between that. Just like when you're when you're looking to forgive somebody else, like that doesn't happen overnight. No, that it doesn't. typically happens when changes have been made and like you see a difference in action or words or you know whatever it may be. And I think it's the same for yourself. Like I won't necessarily, and not to this is not to say that I like continually beat up on myself. That's not the case. But like if I can't hold myself accountable and make some changes after whatever you know, slip up I may have had or whatever mistake I made, like, forgiveness can't truly happen until you make some changes to me. That's, you know, that's that's my opinion on that. And so I would treat it the same way with myself as I would that I would expect anybody else to do. Like if some, you know, like I said, in a relationship or friendship, and if somebody does something wrong and you address it um, and they want you to forgive them, I can't just immediately forgive you because they say, oh, please forgive me. I will forgive you once, you know, those changes. And it, it'll it'll just be a work in progress. And I would do that the same for myself. Like, I will have to show myself that you are capable of making these changes and can forgive that moment. Yeah. The, forgive I, that mistake. I'm with you. I believe that the best apology is change behavior. Mm-hmm. It has to be because an apology on the surface is just words. Yeah. And you can say a lot of stuff you don't mean. People do it every day. So how you act and what you say have to align. And when that alignment happens, I think that's when you can really start going through the process of forgiveness. Yep. Thank you for articulating what the heck I was trying to say. No, I think think your description was sufficient. Thank you. Thank you, Courtney. (laughs) Appreciate that. Yeah, so... um, do you have any other comments, questions, concerns? No. All right, I'm good too. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, if you guys want to give us some feedback, I'm always welcome to constructive feedback. <laughs> um, Same. I think it would be helpful. You know, always looking for new ways to grow. If you guys want to share your experiences about how you've um, disconnected from something you were into deep from or what's your margin for error or what's your grace barometer (laughs) that you give people Mm -hmm. in your life. Um, Hit us up. Let us know. 
Yeah. Cause y'all been also, real interactive with Courtney on Instagram. I ain't on Instagram <laughs> right now, y'all. So. Yeah, she's taking a little break, and a lot of what I do is <laughs> related to the podcast. So, come holla at me. Yes. Um, I thought I was gonna throw something out there, but I'm not. Okay, cool. But oh, let's take a pause <laughs> for our ad before we move on to the end of the show. Cause we sponsor. <laughs> This episode is brought to you by Sound Ears Media. Sound Ears Media is a multimedia production company based out of Cleveland, Ohio. Sound Ears provides its listeners with weekly curated playlists containing wide-ranging musical selections from the newest release hits to some of the greatest nostalgic classics in music. And Kiana and I are super excited about this new partnership as Bitches Love Brunch will have its own weekly curated playlist so anyone looking for personal playlists to fit your unique vibe dm them on ig at sound ears or on twitter at sound ears underscore or you can shoot them an email at sound ears media at gmail.com and welcome back hey uh i don't know why that cracks me up every time it is funny and though welcome back so here we are, end of the show. I'm excited because I just want to throw this out there. I'm excited because Kiana and I have been talking like it's time for us to have some a guest on the show. Like it's been a while since we've look, since we've had a guest on the show. It's after nine o'clock. I'm getting tired and I can't talk. But not gonna share with you all who we have yet, but I am excited because we've been particular about like wanting to have a man on the show. So I'm, like, curious to see how these conversations will go um, moving forward. I'm excited in particular in terms of the uh, partnership with Sound Ears. Yes. And the things that we have uh, forthcoming with that. So just continue to stay tuned. And if you have recommendations on topics or people that we should have on the show in the Columbus Cleveland or Nashville area as of right now. <laughs> Let us know. Yes, please we'd do. To, we'd love to hear from y'all, but I'm looking forward to it because it's it's about time that we get uh some more male perspective. Who was the last guy that we had on the show? Sam? Mm-hmm. Is he the only guy that we had on the show? No, no we've Dre. had Dre we've had on Dre. the show. We've had Sam on the show. We've had Kenji on the show. Oh dang. I'm apologize everybody. Yeah, we've had a few guys on the show, but okay. I think that it's a perspective worthwhile. Challenge mm-hmm. us, educate mm-hmm. us. Mm-hmm. Y'all just shock. I'm telling you. Me and if y'all get on the show, shock me. Tell me something new. <laughs> right? What's going Tell on? Tell me something I don't new. know. Okay. Please do. I mean, that would be that would be so refreshing. I don't want to lead a show wanting to fight anybody, but just, you know, drop me some knowledge. Because the Sam episode, I was two seconds away from fighting him. Remember, because he was really politically correct on the show. Yeah, I'm over here rolling my eyes. We still feel some type of way about that. We still got nothing but love for Sam. We love, oh, don't get me wrong. I absolutely love Sam. Sam is actually one of my closest friends, but he know what it is. Mm-hmm. He already knows. He knows exactly what it is. With his trolling ass. Don't get on anyway. here. 
<laughs> acting real vanilla. Nobody got time for that. <laughs> you didn't call that man vanilla. He was acting vanilla. Get your ass some flavor. I mean, get yourself some flavor. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Never mind. We won't do it. Yep. <laughs> yep. Okay. He's not on the show to defend himself, right. so we're going to move on. We're going to move right on. Sam, know that you are a friend of the show and that we love you. Yes. All righty, Kiana. Who are you giving your... Um, no. Yeah, who are you giving your tip to this week? I feel like we have one in the same tip. I'll let, oh. I think he might give it. I'm not sure. I don't know if we're going to steal each other's tips. I have two tips. I don't think we are. Okay. My first tip goes to, and honestly, I have three tips. So the person who can find who Damn. can find me, the person that I'm about to mention to all of y'all, y'all can get a tip too. But my first tip is going to go out to the man who smacked, um, <laughs> <laughs> who smacked Bill Cosby in the face with a chicken patty while in jail. Y'all, he is, he is a modern day T'Challa. Oh my god. That is locked up in our prison system. He is a hero. I mean, to be honest with you, it is so disrespectful to smack somebody that old in the face with a chicken patty. But to be yes. honest with you, that was the nicest thing he could have done to Bill Cosby because a lot of people could have done a lot worse things to Bill a Cosby while he's in jail. But he said, I'm gonna go ahead and give you this chicken patty right across your face. And so he is gonna get a 70% tip from me because he is a hometown hero and I can't wait for you to get out, sir. Actually, oh. let me not say I can't wait for you to get out because I don't know what you did to be in. You might deserve right. to be in there. Right. But just right. know we're clapping for that action that took place in jail. Y'all, so Kiana and I, sorry <laughs> to cut you off, Kiana and I never share our tip or brunch spots in advance but Kiana had to text me yesterday like yo I have to do this and I hadn't heard nothing about it but you texted me was like I have to give this man a tip and I was like you know what for somebody of Bill's age that chicken patty to the face is worth some being a girl that's so disrespectful I just want to know who had the forethought to be like this chicken patty yeah, right across his face. It's happening. What's up, he Bill? He I'm going to grab a chicken patty and slap <laughs> Bill Cosby. What? Oh, hero in my eyes. Thank you, sir. Um, darn. Tip number two. Tip number two is going to go out to... I guess y'all can divide it. Do whatever y'all feel like y'all doing. All of our listeners, if you don't, on your Tuesdays, on your Tuesday evenings, feel free to flip the channel to BET, Black Entertainment Television, and go over to Hustle in Brooklyn because our dear friend, our love, my babe, um, my friend Marco is on the show, Hustle in Brooklyn. So Marco gets 100% tip from me. He is doing big things. We support you. We love you. And we want everybody to go and tune in to watch my friend be great. Yes. Yeah, so Marco was actually here last week. I saw that. Or was it earlier this week? Yeah, he was here last week. And when I tell y'all... He was giving me all the tea <laughs> about of the show. I mean, not all the tea. So he didn't really tell me anything about like what happened on the show. He gave me like a couple examples. Like, so I'm just really excited for people to watch. It sounds like it's going to be a hoot. I mean, yes. it is Brooklyn. 
um, young professionals. He was giving me some tea of like the behind the scenes. So go watch Hustle in Brooklyn. Also, if you would like to, to keep up with all of that, you can go ahead and find him on social media. Yes. I'm trying to find his... Oh, there he was. I'm trying to find his name. It um, is underscore M Guapo. So, underscore M-G-U-A-P-O. Watch him. It's coming on, what, at 10? Or right after the BT Awards. Um, but every Tuesday after that... You can find him on the show. And let's be clear, Marco's a whole fool off the show. <laughs> so y'all gonna get a lot of personality on the show. And he from Cleveland. Yes. Okay. And he y'all, he ain't bad to look at. So if I was you, I'll just go check him out on Instagram and right. follow because baby is fine. Follow. Oh, that's my boo. Yes. My boo. Much, that's much one of love my first to you. Children. <laughs> okay, who's your third tip? It's to the person who found out who the man name is who slapped Bill Cosby. Oh, I can't with you. <laughs> OMG. Those are my tips O-M-G. for the week. What's your, okay. Who's your tips? Pass out so your I coins. Have, right. Um, I got coins to spare. Um, I actually have two tips as well. One is for Savage Glow. It is a skincare product, and it is black-owned, and I absolutely, absolutely love it. Hey, I've been wanting to give this. uh, I've been wanting to give this tip for a while, in no shade, but I had to like, you know, test it out first to see how it was gonna go and see how it was gonna work on my skin. Um, But as y'all know, consistency is key, so I have been doing a lot better with like keeping up with my regimen. But I got a, so I have my own personal regimen. I use something particular for like my face wash and I mix it with coffee grounds. We can talk about that at another time. Okay. But I use um, her mask and her toner. And when I just tell you my skin is glowing, I was looking at myself. I was going to take a selfie one day. Whatever. Don't judge me. I was like, yo, I don't have no filter on. My skin is popping. So I'm just very, very pleased with the results. So she has a lot of things like um, body butter creams. Um, And it's really like the price point is perfect. It is. It's not not overpriced. But I was so excited when I got it and I was so excited to try it out. Um, But I live by the mask. So I do the mask like on a weekly basis. Um, so I love it. Shout out to Savage Glow Morgan. Yes. You can also follow her on Instagram at Savage underscore Glow. Um, check out her website. Purchase something. The holidays are coming up. So, like, you can get them as gifts. If you want to give us a gift, send them to us. And like, do whatever you want to do with that. So, Savage Glow is my first tip. I'm giving her a 50% tip. And my second tip, and I apologize if I have already done this, but it's one of my homies, so I don't care because I'm going to do it again. If I have, it's going to go to our dear friend, um, Mark, on the film that he produced called Prototype. He was out in L.A. doing big things, and I had the opportunity to see it while I was in Cleveland. It's a short film, um, and it showed at the... um, Greater Cleveland Urban Film Festival. Lord, it's a mouthful, so I forgot it. 
um, for a second. But I believe they also just won, won an award. So shout out to Mark and the whole team on Prototype. It was a really good movie. It left me wanting more. I was like, wait, I need a part two. Mark, of course, gets 100% to Yes, y'all, that's my best friend. Y'all can go follow him, too. He about to come up. He gonna blow up. Yes. Yes. What's his Instagram? M underscore right? M right? I think it was a four at the end. I'm looking everybody up right now. Thank you, Courtney, because you know I ain't there. <laughs> right. Oh, that's right. M, yep. M underscore right the number four. Yes. It's so much love going on in this podcast. And I just want to say that these beautiful people, I know each and every one of them personally, and they're awesome mm-hmm. and they deserve every ounce Except of the success. Except for the man that slapped Bill Cosby. I don't know him. <laughs> You're we right. Aside to. from him. But the other people that we were talking yes. about, I love them. They're great people. They deserve all the success that they're getting, all the success that's coming to them. It's, it's a unique place where we all met, mm-hmm. and OU is just a wonderful. It's just a wonderful yeah. place. I was gonna say that too, and y'all probably get tired of us saying that. Um, but they are so they ain't go to school with us. Three. They don't know, right? <laughs> they don't know, but y'all gonna know now. Um, but they're all Bobcats. It's funny because I didn't know Morgan at OU, um, and I think I've only met That's her surprising. maybe one or two times. She hung out with Hills. I know, I know, because when I posted about Savage Glow, she was like, that's one of my besties. I was like, I thought I met her someplace before. So I've met her through Brittany um, a couple of times. My point in saying all of that, though, is just some really dope people come out of OU. Um, they're all in different areas. So even though, like, Marco is on Hustle in Brooklyn right now, and that's, you know, reality TV, like, he's actually um you know in corporate america right. mark mark is in film right um and morgan is in the skincare product line so like everybody is doing really really dope things really dope things oh i'm i love this let me stop so, being emotional yeah, okay. I know that what, ain't you. What's, what's your brunch spot? <laughs> no. You see how Courtney be dismissing my feelings? My feelings matter. Anyway. Um. <laughs> they do. You know what? Let me own that. I apologize. That is not what you needed. Okay. I I accept your apology. And I hope that we can work through forgiveness together. But um, <laughs> Over I, some brunch. Right? Where you go. Ooh, House of Japan. But anyway, um... I don't have a brunch spot for this week, but I was home in Cleveland last weekend, the weekend before last. Um, And if you're looking for somewhere to go on a nice fall or winter um, day on a Sunday and you're watching games and things like that, check out McCarthy's in Cleveland because my homegirl's at McCarthy, so go show her some love Uh and she'll show uh y'all some love too. And not to mention, it's not a brunch spot, but they do got a breakfast menu there and it looked like it'd be Uh slapping. So, Check out McCarthy's in Cleveland. Hey, sis. Hey. (laughs) I also don't have... I haven't been to brunch lately that I remember. Oh, okay. I take that back. I have not been to a new brunch spot lately. But I am going to shout out Forno again because um, I was throwing them a little shade before because they got rid of their bottomless mimosa which I found out is a thing that's happening in the short north because of whatever regulations. Oh, fun police. Right? However, Marco and I experienced this 
you can still get a bottle of champagne for twenty dollars because it used what? to be unlimited mimosas for twenty. Um, but you can still get a bottle of champagne for twenty. And Marco and I split that, and we probably had more of that because they give you the bottle of champagne and this little, small little cancer of orange juice. So you're really just supposed to put a drop in there. And we probably had a good six of those each. So it was still worth it because if I would have got a bottle on my own, that's unlimited enough. Um, so shout out to Forno for that. And they also have this, what is it called? Cotton candy rosé so they give you this mm. rosé vodka mix with a side of cotton candy literal cotton candy and you can break off the cotton candy in pieces and just like add it to your drink as you go it's so cute it's so cute so let me ask you this to- real quick mm-hmm. when Talk y'all expecting me. snow because i'm trying to come up there before <laughs> <laughs> i'm trying to come up there before the snow falls Girl, you ain't about to make that drive. I tried to get Kiana to come up last Saturday. <laughs> I really, honestly, you might catch you one day and be, I'm going to be like, Courtney, what you doing this weekend? I'm about to come up to Columbus. You know I will hop in my car. I haven't done it in a while, though. You haven't. You haven't. I was about to be like, bring Dom with you. Dom is not in Nashville. Definitely. Girl, she is across oh, the country. She's the weed. Louise. Well, you just let me know when you're trying to come up and we can go to Forno and get that $20 bottle. Okay? Yes. That means I need to get home on a Monday. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. All right. You want to give them the social media before we close up? Ain't that ironic that I give you all the social medias and not on social media? Um, <laughs> <laughs> if you are on Facebook and you want to chat with us in our group, go to the the Bitches Love Brunch Facebook page. Um, it is called Bitches Love Brunch. Um, if you're on Instagram, follow us at bitches double underscore love double underscore brunch. Um, participate in the questions that we ask. We give y'all feedback. We chat back with people too. So don't be afraid. Whatever you're listening on right now, if you're at the end of this episode, make sure you're subscribed on iTunes or on SoundCloud or whatever medium is that you use to listen to us. Subscribe, rate us, review us. We are so excited to have y'all. Thank y'all so much for listening to us every other week. Um, we couldn't ask for our better listeners. Yep. Appreciate y'all. All right. Bye. We out.